I am holding four keys to hearing God's voice. Mm -hmm. It comes with a workbook, and I'm told that after spending time with you, 100% of the people involved hear God's voice. It's a money-back guarantee. If it doesn't work, we'll give you the money back on the book. or the, If you take it as a college course, we'll give you the money back on the course. It's very simple, very easy, and the Lord's helped us make it simple and make it easy so people can hear the voice of God. Wow. Um, the story of how you came to this is, is somewhat distressing. <laughs> well, it took me 10 years. I was a Christian for 10 years, and I was listening for the voice of God and couldn't hear it because inside my head there's no voice, there's just thoughts. And so I don't, didn't know why I couldn't hear a voice, because Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice. I said, I'm a sheep, I've asked you into my heart, but, and, but there is no voice in my head. And I asked people what his voice sounded like, they said, well, you know that you know. And I said, no, I don't know that I know. And no one could simply say to me, God's voice sounds like spontaneous thoughts that light upon your mind while your eyes are fixed on Jesus. No one could spit that sentence out. And finally, I, had, I took a year. I had a thought come to you. Take a year of your life and learn to hear God's voice. You, you took a year? Uh, yeah, I was pastoring a church. So all my Bible study that year was on the voice of God. All my preaching was. All my experimentation was. Every conference I went to was on the voice of God. You didn't stop working. Didn't stop working. You just made it your focus. I just, every, every, my focus. Every square minute I could squeeze out of a week you know, was on this topic. And... And, of course, the thought that came to me to, to take that year was actually God's voice telling me that. But, again, I hadn't defined God's voice as spontaneous thoughts. But I did honor the thought. I took the year. And then by the middle of the year, I had learned four keys to hearing God's voice. Now, we're going to go to those four keys. Everybody's on the edge of their seat, I'm sure. But some would say, well, God's written word is living and active. Isn't that hearing God's voice? Well, the, the, living, the, the, the word of God is the logos. And... And we've all experienced verses leaping off the page, hitting us between the eyes. And, and that's when the Logos turns into Rhema. God breathes upon it and it speaks into your heart. Your heart's inflamed. And, and yeah, that's good. Now, the Logos turns into the Rhema. Yeah. Uh, that's R-H-E-M-A. Right. Difference between Logos and Rhema. Difference between Logos and Rhema. Logos is the entire communication process where, where you figure out what you want to say, your style of speech, you get it said, someone hears it and comprehends it. Rhema is a subpart. It's, it's when the words leave your lips, when they're spoken. So when God speaks, that's a rhema word. When you speak, it's a rhema word. And in the New Testament, when demons speak, it's a rhema word. So rhema is spoken word. So when God wants to speak to you from the logos, he lifts a verse and it hits you between the eyes and you say, ah, that's it. That's, you know, and everyone's experienced that, yes. Interesting, uh, Pastor Yonggi Cho from Korea. Uh, <laughs> last I interviewed him, he preached five times a Sunday and he said he doesn't write a message he doesn't keep a sermon he says you have to get the fresh rhema yeah he is the one who taught me this really he is oh. and uh, after he taught that to me i went to the new testament looked up every use of rhema found there's 70 times it's used 67 times it's spoken word and three times it's supernatural event hmm. so i appreciate his impact on my life <clears throat> very interesting okay four keys what are the four keys to hearing God's voice? All right, the four keys are, they're all found in several places in the Bible. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 is one place. He goes to a quiet place, so key number one is to quiet yourself down. He keeps watch to see, which means he's taking the eyes of his heart and he's using vision somehow. And he keeps watch to see what God will speak to him, so you recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts. 
And then key number four is God said, inscribe the vision. So write it down. So we have stillness, vision, spontaneity, and journaling. Those are the four keys. Okay, let's, <clears throat> let's start with stillness. Okay. <laughs> we are in a crazy busy culture, and we have to learn how to be quiet. You've got a great chart in here <laughs> showing the, the problems. For example, uh, lots of things to do. I'm trying to get quiet and hear from God, and all I can think about is my to-do list. Okay, so that's pretty easy. <clears throat> what you want to do is just simply take, a <clears throat> excuse me, uh, take those thoughts and write them down, all right? Because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's probably the right side of your brain communicating to the left side because on the right side you have intuition, on the left side you have, have reason. Reason forgets 90% of what you know. Intuition forgets nothing. So as you quiet yourself down in prayer, you tend to shift hemispheres to the right side. Intuition comes up and says, you forgot this, this, and this. And if I push it down and say, get it, go away, it says, you're not listening. So instead of pushing it down, I write them down and say, That's, those are good ideas, I'll take care of those. And now I can go beyond that thought to the next level of thought within me. All right? So that deals with the first so issue. So you put them out of the way. Put them out of the way by writing them down. Now I'm <clears throat> having thoughts of sin consciousness. I mean, <laughs> how can I come to God? Why would God speak to me? Exactly. You know, and, um, and, uh, and so the best way to handle that is, of course, repent. If you've committed sin, you just repent. And if you've done the same sin a hundred times, you can repent a hundred times. He'll forgive you a hundred times. Now, you may not forgive yourself a hundred times. He'll forgive you. And when I began to hear his voice, I was usually beating on myself and, and saying, God, don't you want to hit me? He said, not really. I, I said, hit me. I'll feel better. He said, Mark, your sin is covered by the blood. Let it go. And, and, and he told me to put on a robe of righteousness, just like a woman does on her, her wedding gown on her wedding day. You put on a robe of white, which is Christ righteousness, and you stand there complete in Christ righteousness, not your own. And so if you're seeing yourself as a miserable sinner, you're not even seeing yourself biblically correctly. Because correctly, you are clothed with Christ's righteousness and radiating divine glory. Mm -hmm. And so God will clean up your ungodly pictures as you hear his voice. He'll, he'll say, that's the wrong picture. Here's the picture you need. Okay, my mind is still flitting about. I am covered in white, but my mind's going everywhere. All right, well, you know, the, be the best way I know to quiet myself down is to fix my eyes on Jesus, all right? Mm -hmm. Which is really the, the second key. You know, Hab Habakkuk kept watch to see. So, so if I will picture what I know to be true. He, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with me. He's right here next to me. He's next to every single person. He says he is. You can think it or you can see it. If you see it, well, we say a picture's worth a thousand words, okay? So it has a thousand times more impact. If you see it, you've actually shifted hemispheres internally again because thinking is left brain and, see, and imagination or picturing is right brain. So if I want to get away from thoughts racing around, I can shift hemispheres internally, mechanically, by simply fixing my eyes upon Jesus, picturing him here with me. And that drops me out of this reasoning mode, brings me over to a visionary mode, which is where intuition kicks in, the voice of God kicks in. So I shift internally by using pictures. It's quite a science behind these exercises. Well, you know, you can understand the science, or you don't have to understand the science. It's, I like to understand things, you know. Mm -hmm. But David used imagery all the time in his psalms. You know, your steadfast love. You know, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou preparest the table. He's picturing all the time. And when I used to pray, I didn't picture. I just stayed in the left side of the brain and thought because my culture said it's all about thinking. And Jesus said, No, it's all about picturing because without a parable, he taught them not. So Jesus is using parables, picture stories all the time. Mm. He's living 
internally in a different place than I lived because he wasn't a Westerner. And so I had to learn to step out of the Western culture, get at least to the Middle East, which is where Jesus was, and, and embrace some of these things that my culture had dropped and said weren't relevant and weren't to be used. It's not just about what's going on in your mind. It's getting in touch with your heart. <laughs> yeah. And you've, you've seen that that can be a problem, too, in hearing God's voice. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you get in touch with your heart? All right. You can just simply, uh, your heart is flowing all the time. The Bible says, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke with the Spirit. So if I want to tune to the Holy Spirit within me, which I do in prayer, that verse says, I tune to flow. Out of your innermost being shall flow. So we have flowing thoughts all the time. And, and one easiest way I know to get beyond my mind is to tune to, to flowing thoughts. Uh, you wake up in the morning, there's flowing thoughts there. There's a song going through your mind. It's flow. I didn't used to have a theology for flow. I, you know, I read the verse, I memorized that verse, but I, I never owned it and said, hey, Mark, when you tune to flowing thoughts and flowing pictures, you tune into your heart and your spirit. So, um, so I encourage people to tune to flowing thoughts. Okay, so you woke up late, didn't have time for morning devotions, driving on the road, cranky and mean, you know, and, and you say, my whole day is ruined because I didn't have my devotional time. Well, you can hear God's voice in the car. You can hear God's voice when you're taking a shower. And people do it all the time because these are automatic activities that do not require your brain to be fully engaged. And so you're in the posture for prayer because the posture for prayer is be still and know that I'm God. So I'm taking a shower. My mind is still, you know, I'm driving the car. My mind is basically still. Those are great times for God, that spontaneous flow of thoughts just to light upon my mind. Might be a better time than when I'm at the altar praying, because at the altar I might not be still. I might be saying, God, I'm dying, please come to me. And that's not stillness, because my mouth is going, my mind is going, I'm charged emotionally. So we tend to really hear God's voice better than shower than we can at the altar when we're seeking his face. I want to tell you that as recently as this week, in, before coming here, I was rebuking myself for discounting a thought. Yeah that I realized after the fact was God going before me and giving me wisdom so that I would be prepared for something. Exactly. So that I, and I, and I, I just brushed it off as, as something out of my own head. Because, because we have not been trained to honor spontaneous flowing thoughts. I went to school, I went to college, so did you. No one said, hey, you know, tune to flow and honor the flow. They said tune to analysis and honor reason and logic. So. I had, to, I had to change. I had to dethrone the God of rationalism and say, hey, Christianity is heart to heart. It's not head to head. And when God speaks, it comes as a flowing thought. Out of my innermost being shall flow. Deep calls unto deep. Deep calls unto deep. And the, and the verse for prophet is, is naba, And it means, uh, it means to bubble up. So those thoughts that bubble up, that's the prophetic flow within you. But most of us don't have a theology for bubbling thoughts. You know, I don't think we have a theology for dreams and visions either. <laughs> and that's a big part it is. of hearing God's voice. It is. I mean, the, David says God counsels us at night through our dreams. And since our dreams are symbolic, we, we don't understand them. So, but they're easy to understand. You know, you, you start with the issue that you were facing when you went to sleep and, and ex acknowledge your dream probably talks about that. Really? Would you like an example of a dream? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the day that I learned to hear God's voice. Uh, I learned how to use the eyes of my heart, see Jesus with me, tune to flowing thoughts, and write them down. 
That night I went to sleep, put a paper next to my bed, asked God to give me a dream, and I got three that night just by asking and putting paper there. And, and you remembered them. I mean, I don't even remember my dreams. Well, that's dreams. because you don't put paper next to your bed and ask God to give you a dream. You see? I need to ask. You need to ask, and you need to put paper next to your bed, and then you'll have dreams every night. <clears throat> okay? So that night I had three dreams. The first dream, I have a new job. I'm the caretaker of a house. I'm going up the stairs, into the bathroom, getting cleaning supplies, coming back down the stairs, and riding a horse. Now, if you've never ridden a horse up the stairs and turned it around the bathroom, you don't know how difficult this is. But So, it's symbolism. All right. So, the, the, the dream says I have a new job. Well, sure enough, the day before I had the dream, I got a new job. I learned how to hear God's voice, see vision, and journal. That's a new job. And it says, this, um, how, how comfortable do I feel with this new job? I feel like a horse on the stairwell. I feel like a... Uh, bull in the china closet. I feel like, God, I'm a theologian. You know, I'm not into flow and pictures. This is, going, this is awkward. But the dream says, if you stick with it, it'll take you up a flight of stairs. Okay, yeah, if I stick with the voice of God, it'll take me to a higher level. That's for sure. And when we get there, we'll get some cleaning supplies out. Yep, God will clean up areas of my life as he speaks to me. So it's a powerful message of encouragement saying, Mark, I know you feel awkward about using vision and flow and journaling, but stick with it. It'll take you to a good place in me. Now, that's wonderful counsel from the wonderful counselor, and we get it every night, every one of us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What a challenge. Everybody's going to want to try this now, for sure. <laughs> you know, you said you're a theologian, and I think it's important that I share with our audience, who don't know you perhaps, that you have a Master of Theology from Miami Christian University and a Ph.D. from Carolina Christian mm -hmm. University. Mm -hmm. And you have gone on with your wife, who also... Uh, is, is active in, in ministry to help develop three networks of church-centered Bible schools representing several hundred churches. Mm -hmm. You are propagating this yeah. teaching mm -hmm. and insight with great success on six continents. Yes. Well, our passion as teachers is we want people to get this. We want to put tools in their hands. So we give them college courses. We give them books, we give them CDs, DVDs, workbooks, mm -hmm. and we let your local church utilize our curriculum. So we've got over a hundred courses that we have built and, and home groups can use it, churches can use it. Uh, we want to put this stuff into your hands. Something that I have heard about, uh, actually was encouraging someone just a couple of weeks ago about journaling mm -hmm. with the expectation that it's two-way. Yeah. That's one of your keys. <laughs> it is. That was key number four. God, God said to Habakkuk, he said, record the vision, inscribe the vision. So if God says, I'm going to give you a vision, I'm going to speak to you. And if you go read Habakkuk, you'll find, sure enough, God is speaking and he is writing. So it's two-way dialogue captured on paper. He starts out as chapter one, complaining to God because he doesn't like what he's seen in life. And then he quiets himself down and God gives him a vision and he begins to write it out. So we teach people, do that. You know, write down, good morning, Lord, I love you, what do you want to say to me? And then fix your eyes on Jesus, tune the flow, quiet yourself down, and write the flow of thoughts that come back. And, and let God do most of the talking, because he's the smarter one of the two, and, and he'll give you tremendous counsel. Five minutes of him talking, you've got that on paper. Uh, David did it. The Psalms are full of uh, two-way journaling. The whole book of Revelation is two-way journaling. John writing out what, you know, God. So the Bible is full of this, and we encourage people to do this a lot. Intimacy is a key fruit of this whole focus. Mm -hmm. Do you think some people are afraid of intimacy with God? <laughs> Perhaps even think it's presumptuous to suggest. 
Yeah, there's a, <clears throat> there's a lot of barriers, a lot of blocks as to why we don't press into this. Some are intellectual, some are theological, some are fears of intimacy. I was afraid he'd want to kill me or give me leprosy because I was a sinner, you know, and I, a habitual sinner. And, and I found he didn't want to kill me, he just wanted to hug me and love me. And, and I found he was laughing all the time, too, when I went to journal. And he was laughing hilariously and having a good time. And he was having a lot more fun than I was having. And he said, Mark, lighten up. It's okay. I got it all under control. And so my whole view of Christianity changed. My whole view of God changed. My experience changed. It, it, this was the transforming experience in my Christian life. I'm sure you could enjoy being in your own skin a whole <clears throat> lot more, knowing God's delighting in you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you would say, uh, David said it, didn't he? How precious are your thoughts mm-hmm. toward me? How vast the sum of them? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of hearing potential that you've ignited here. I hope so, because my passion is that every one of your listeners would learn to hear God's voice every single day of their life. Pastor Mark, before we close, uh, would, you, would you pray for those of us who are excited now and mm-hmm. hoping mm-hmm. that we could have this experience that you're enjoying with God? I would be glad to do that. Father, just thank you that your sheep do hear your voice. Father, I thank you that, that you died on Calvary so that you could restore a relationship with us so we could have fellowship with you. And so, Father, right now I pray for every listener that that the anointing that you have given to me to hear your voice would be released into their hearts and their minds. The faith that you've given to me would be released into their hearts and their minds. And I release it to you right now in Jesus' name that with ease and simplicity, you too will pick up those spontaneous thoughts and pictures that come from Almighty God. And Father, we thank you for that miracle of your voice in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.